Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. It is Sunday, December 12th. Richie and I are back with you guys again, and we have a special guest. Um, I, I think you've well taken the lead over uh, Jen at this point, but having you on again, not as the uh, – I know it's a little bit of a, um, a transition we talked about just before, but not necessarily as the CEO of the Boosters anymore, but uh, as Florida State's new athletic director, Michael Alford. Michael, how's it going today? I'm doing excellent. How you doing, TJ? How you doing, Richie? Y'all doing fine? Absolutely, man. Glad to have you. I, I just got. I just got to keep running up the score on Jen. I mean, <laughs> that's that's that. Her uh, her season's coming up here, and she jumps on about every other week, though. Once the season gets started, <laughs> so you really do need to run up the score um, before that season gets started, because then you'll you'll be in a lot of trouble at that point. So. <laughs> Uh, but we are glad to have you. We're glad that you're here. And most of all, we're glad that you're FSU's new athletic director. Congratulations. Um, well, thank you very much. You know, it is a thrill. It's, it's such a once in a lifetime opportunity. And I mentioned it in my press conference about FSU in this industry is a destination place. And, and this community is, is such a great community. It's got such great people in it. And we couldn't be happier to be representing student athletes moving forward. Um, we, uh, Richie and I, you know, in our in our group chat and everything else that we have going, we were all wanting you to be it. I know we messaged a couple of days ago, and when we got the news, we were all super excited. Enjoyed your press conference. Um, did you celebrate with any Guthrie's though? Like, did you did you throw down <laughs> on some chicken tenders to, you know, pop some pop some sweet tea and have some chicken tenders to celebrate? There might have been some sweet tea involved uh, <laughs> to celebrate for sure. <laughs> well, we'll, uh, we'll jump into it. Double Fries, No Slaw brought to you by Guthrie's in Tallahassee. You can visit both locations at 1818 West Tennessee and 2550 North Monroe. Um, Richie, I'll let you kind of get us started. Um, I've kind of been a little under the weather all weekend. So, Richie, I'll let you start us off and then I'll kind of follow up and tag team. We'll we'll chat with uh, new AD Michael Alford. Yeah, it's it's exciting, Michael, having you as the athletics director. Now, I think the very first time we had you, I, I said, you know, I I really think you could be our next athletics director, and maybe I spoke it into existence, but it, it was, was probably already, more. Of, it was probably more of the your phenomenal. <laughs> it was. Um, but just talk. We talked a little bit about the transition, and you know, it's almost similar. When I was in college, uh, you know, Florida State hired Jimbo Fisher as offensive coordinator. And a year later, named him, you know, head coach in waiting. So he had that benefit of really seeing everything at the ground level firsthand. And, uh, you know, uh, when he was able to take over from Bobby Bowden in 2010, it made that transition much easier. Is that kind of how you're feeling right now, at least having been on the ground and seeing everything up front for the past 18 months or so? Uh, that's that's a great point, Rich. It, it has given me the advantage to not only get out and, and listen to our donors and talk to them about their goals and their vision for the athletic department, but also getting to meet people on campus, uh, getting to have uh, great relationships with our coaching staff right now, knowing what the, what their visions are and really seeing how we can put in the processes uh, to complement their vision and make them success, successful. Because at the end of the day, it's it's really providing those resources 
uh, for our student athletes uh, to make sure that we're providing the very best student athlete experience in the country while also preparing them for life after after they're leaving Florida State with a great degree. So uh, being here for 16 months now, I guess, um, before this opportunity arose, it really gave me a, a great opportunity just to, to be able to lay out my vision, but I'm laying out my vision or going to lay out my vision because I've heard from others and I've got to know the past and I also get to know what people want to see in the future. So it's going to really allow me to hit the ground running. Yeah, and obviously with your transition, that there is a vacancy now for a, a new CEO and president of Simla Boosters. Um, how involved will you be with that? And uh, again, how beneficial is that you've held that role, as you said, for 16 months and you kind of know what you're looking for? I believe you told us off air, you know, you and David Coburn have a great relationship and, and that's making that transition easier. Uh, so what's the next steps as far as there? I, I believe I saw a national search will, will be started here shortly. Yes, we're going to conduct a national search, but... You know, I will be extremely involved in running that uh, search because it's all about alignment. And right now, I believe we have the best opportunity that Florida State's had in many, many years uh, to, to align everything from the boosters to the athletic director to FSUAA to Chairman Collins uh, to President McCullough um, and all of our coaching staff. There's communication going to be taking place more than ever. And that's something that's very important, uh, that we have that alignment. And I'm going to be a fundraising AD, Richie and TJ. I, I'm not going to go years. away. I'm not going to go away from my strengths. Um, I'm going to be very visible. I'm going to be out uh, talking to our constituents, talking to our donors, talking to our fan base, and asking the same questions I've always asked, but really laying out that vision for the department and for the boosters moving forward on what we need to be successful and working hand in hand with them uh, to achieve our goals. You take over an athletic department that um, has a lot of great things going on. You know, a lot of times when, when ADs are brought in, it's, you know, there's a lot of, you know, either whether it's chaos or turmoil or trying to come up, but we're uh, not even a week off of a national championship in, in soccer. Right. Um, several programs that are ranked and competing year after year after year. Um, and football, obviously, being the, the lifeblood of any program, it certainly seems to be on the upward trajectory. Um, looks like Mike and them are going to sign a, a really good signing class and um, really showed a lot of promise in the latter two-thirds of the season, the way they played. So can you just talk to us about the overall state of FSU athletics? Um, I know that I just kind of went on, you know, doing it for you, but I'll let you, I'll let you follow up and uh, pat him on the back even more. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, as I say, we got the real coach K uh, just yeah. coming back with, an, right. with another national championship and he does such an amazing job. And, you know, he returns pretty much that same nucleus next year. Yeah. And he, you look at who he's bringing in as a recruiting class on paper and, you, and they're not going to miss a beat. And that's something that's very exciting, what he's accomplishing. Um, great young team in women's volleyball. Coach Poole does a tremendous job. And you saw them get to the tournament, and you see their nucleus is really young. And so they're exciting. And you, you go across the board, uh, all of our sports and um, all of our coaches do such a tremendous job of, well, I say it all the time, not only winning on, on the field of play, but preparing our kids in the classroom, and I say our kids, our student-athletes, 
preparing them to not only achieve our results in their sport, but in the classroom. We have a 3.3 GPA. We graduate 85% of our student athletes, which the, both those are well above the, the student body average. And, and that's something to be a proud of that we're doing things the right way. And that's one reason this job is so attractive because David Colbert did a great job of getting everything lined up and in place. Um, so you can come in and have the opportunity to do what I do and, and to look at different revenue streams, find revenue streams, how we enhance our facilities. How do we make that experience even better for not only the fans, but for the student athletes and provide the winning edge resources that we need to have to compete. And that's something I'm looking forward to getting in and diving into the budget and seeing what we can do and, and how we can, provide those resources to those coaches that are going to allow us even to take it to a different level. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, um, did you speaking on soccer specifically, and every time we're on here, we ask you about these games, but, um, is there anything more stressful than watching a penalty kick shootout? Uh, and now you've, now you've had to endure two of them with this Twice. team. Like, can we just get a goal in, in the regulation period so that my heart can, but, yeah, now you've had to endure that twice, but uh, man, what what redemption to be able to kind of come back and shout out to Roque who got two big saves in the shootout, and then mm -hmm. Yuji Zhao who obviously got the winner. But I know those are fun when you come out on top. But how about that? Uh, that They're shootout? stressful. Well, uh, everything about soccer is stressful to me uh, because uh, <laughs> yeah. you know we, we're clearly the better team out yeah. there. You know, spot by spot, girl by girl. And uh, it's kind of like soccer, you know, being a baseball guy, uh, playing baseball, sometimes the best team doesn't win. Uh, you, have, you have those days that you have a great pitcher facing you, and in soccer you get a great goalie, that you just yeah. don't have those opportunities to put it away. And, you know, so that, that was stressful, uh, knowing you were the better team the whole way and just coming down to penalty kicks because you never know what's going to happen in those. Uh, yeah. But Roque did an unbelievable job. How about that second save uh, by kicking her leg up and, and yeah. saving that one? And, and she's such a great athlete and a great representative of that program. And they're just – Mark does a tremendous job. I mean, those young ladies are just phenomenal in what they do in the classroom, uh, what they do within the community. And then, of course, we all know what they can do athletic-wise. And uh, they represent this university in this department, like all of our student athletes do, in such a first-class manner that I'm really looking forward to getting involved. And, and that's also one of my strengths, of where I, whether it was at Oklahoma or, of course, at Central Michigan, is really being involved in, in talking to the student athletes and knowing their names and knowing their majors. And uh, it's very important that, that they know my core values and, and the, the development of a culture of the athletic department moving forward, that they feel uh, that they can come sit down and talk. And, and I, I'm going to be to practices. I, I go to three practices a day. That's mandated in my schedule every day. Now, that may be for 15 minutes or 10 minutes. But I think it's very important that the coaching staff knows I'm there to support them, provide them resources, and that the student athletes feel the same. Uh, that they know me, uh, they know our staff, uh, even at my previous institution, they knew my dog. Um, they used to love it when my dog, they'd be asking about where my dog was. So I think it's important just to, that's part of the experience uh, moving forward. And I'm looking forward to getting to know them on a personal level.
Michael, just want to get your thoughts. You know, you, you talked about those PKs being stressful. Now as Florida State's athletic director, something that's probably stressful, there's been a lot of movement in the coaching carousel. And some of these salaries we're seeing, you know, you mentioned your time at Oklahoma, Lincoln Riley goes to USC, Brian Kelly down to LSU. These salaries are getting out of control. And you mentioned you want to be a fundraising AD, which I think every FSU fan loves to hear that. Um, but just initial thoughts on, uh, obviously we have Mike Norvell now and uh, you know, if he continues to improve, we're going to continue to, to compensate him based on that. But did you ever think you'd see a time where, you know, eight, nine million would be the, the standard just to get a coach into the college level? Reggie, I'll, I'll, I'll point to when I was at Alabama and coach Moore and I hired coach Saban and we paid him four and a half million at the time. And he's on the cover of Forbes magazine. If you go back and look, and people thought we were crazy uh, on paying him, but it was an investment in what he represented and where he was going to take that program and, and how he represented the university and the investment in that program being the front porch of the university. Dr. Witt, the president there at the time, understood that and, and utilized that to go out and not only raise money for the university, but attract students. And you've seen that university grow by using that model, but it is an investment, you know, it is the marketing tool uh, of the university and, and athletics. And we have a great partnership with president McCullough and, and we've had those talks about how do we utilize, how do, how do we enhance the educational mission of the university? And that's what's so important is that we're a part uh, of that web and we're going to represent the university in a first class manner. And I love the correlation of it's so wild when a football team's doing well, that's when those schools get the most applications of, of prospective students in general for the general student body. Uh, it's crazy. I know Florida State in 2013 that they smashed all uh, application records. Um, but just the, touching on that, obviously, last time we had you a few weeks ago, you talked about, you know, gave us an update on the football only facility, but just want to get your you know top two or three priorities, uh, you know, once you get settled into your role, obviously you, you mentioned you want to meet with um, every coach. You have 15 questions. You ask all of them. Um, and then just big picture for the program. Yeah. Every staff member, I will sit down with every person in the athletic department one-on-one because uh, I want to know what their goals, their visions are. And because that's going to help uh, for me to shape the vision uh, moving forward for the department. Um, but, and you mentioned being a fundraising AD, you know, I'm going to be out sharing my vision. Uh, of where we're going and, and asking for support. And I'm always going to be doing that. But my vision is shaped from uh, the department and our staff and our donor base, uh, hearing what they want to do. Football only facilities, priority one. Uh, I mean, we're not going to shy away from that. That's got to get accomplished. Uh, you've heard me say the stats before, only two ACC schools don't have one and 56 of 65 um, power five schools have one. And we need to, to get that accomplished. Uh, President McCullough, Chairman Collins understand that is a priority. Uh, we're working very diligently on how we're going to fund that operation. I have, I have about a 45 page pro forma uh, that I've been doing and, and working on since I've been here. And I jokingly say it's the same pro forma we did to build Cowboy Stadium. So um, the, the math works. And so we're looking at that right now and how we're going to fund that and other facilities. And um, I can tell you, it's moving full speed. We're, we're in um, construction document phase right now. Uh, we've had Poplis in for three days last week. They're going to be in again, I believe, next week before the holidays. 
And that is moving very fast because for us to be able to put construction documents out to get bids from construction companies, hopefully in the next eight months, uh, we've got to sit down with every person utilizing that facility and come to an understanding of what needs to go in it and let them design it to where we're uh, satisfied before we go out. Uh, we had never gotten that far uh, before in, on this facility project. So it's, it's great to see it happening. It's great to see the speed and the commitment from the university and from our staff and from our donor base uh, that understands this is a priority. So we're, we're really excited where that's heading right now. And uh, it's going to be sooner rather than later. Uh, I can tell you that. Um, I know that you had your um, introductory press conference the other day, got a little emotional at times, um, which I think FSU fans were happy to see. I mean, I think they could tell that you care about and want to be here, but I know that we've talked about a lot today, but if you had to like kind of put a bow on all of it, like what is your message to, to FSU fans right now? Um, you know, what, what are you kind of leaving people with? Like we, we ask a lot of leading questions and we ask a lot of things and set you mm -hmm. up, but like, if I just kind of give you the mic and shut up for a minute, which I'm not very good at, but uh, if I just do that and, and kind of give you, a, you know, a platform, a minute to talk to everybody, we got a lot of people tuned in. We got a lot of people that will listen back later. What, what are your thoughts or what are you sharing there? Well, TJ, it's nothing I haven't mentioned to you before. It's going to be the same approach I took when I first got here as CEO and president of the Boosters. You know, we're going to have a vision and we're going to be very transparent about what we're, what we're wanting to accomplish. Um, we're going to go out and ask people for their support. Uh, we're going to have recruit and retain the very best coaches in the country. Uh, we're going to invest in, in their priorities. Uh, but more importantly, we're going to have the very best student athletes. Uh, we're going to ask them to communicate and go out in the community and represent this university in a first-class manner, just like they have been doing. Uh, but we want to even do more with them and, and get them in the community and help them helping Tallahassee and Leon County uh, just bring in tourism dollars. And everything that we do is going to be geared towards how do we get better. And that's something that I'm really excited to put my processes in place uh, starting January 3rd to go out and just increase everything we're doing uh, as an athletic department to represent this university. But you will know where I stand is uh, hopefully you all know I'm pretty transparent. On, on where we're heading and uh, there will be a vision laid out for the department moving forward. Awesome. Well, we certainly appreciate you. We appreciate your time and taking a few minutes to sit down and chat with us today. Um, if you want to, if you ever want to come back and just run the score up on Jen, I mean, you're always welcome here. Like I said, she's going to, she's going to be back though when this season starts. So watch your, watch oh, yeah. your back with her. I think I got a, like a three or four appearance lead right now. I'm telling you. No lead is safe with her. She was she was <laughs> dialing in after like sweet 16 wins and stuff. So um she she, uh, she grinds for sure. But no, we're we're excited to have you uh, as the AD. And again, we thank you so much for spending some time with us today. No, thank you guys. Thank you all for you do all you do for us. Y'all y'all do a marvelous job with this show. Um and the, all the different coaches and, and allowing us to get on and share our vision, share our message to what we're doing, whether it's me or any of our coaches, uh, really means a lot. And don't forget, it's always about those student athletes. Uh, I'd love to get some of them on your show at some time. We're, we're getting to know them a little bit better because they are just represent this university so well. And we're really, I'm really excited to get to know them more 
and work with them one-on-one -on, -one on their goals and dreams as well. Absolutely. Well, thank you again, and we'll definitely talk with you soon. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Michael. Thank you, guys. Go Knowles. Go Knowles. Go Knowles. Michael Alford, FSU's new AD. Appreciate him uh, for hanging out. Appreciate his time for sure. Um, not to flex too hard, but I'm I'm pretty sure that's his first interview since becoming AD. Yeah, outside like, I don't the press mean to, conference. Yeah, no, it doesn't count. Like this first is like a, this is an interview. Right? First right, exclusive. Right. This, this is not a. Come on, Richie. Don't come on. All right, from one legend to another, we'll jump right into this. Uh, Josh Newberg of Knowles Two Four Seven. How's it going, Josh? Well, I don't get enough of you during the day, so I figured we'd have you on here to chat again. Hey, it's been a while. <laughs> All right, can you just? I don't want to keep you too long. Just give us a full recap of everything going on with FSU. Um, from the spaces and then we'll roll what do you think what do you think people want to hear about most uh, i think this dillingham news is 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 the top of everyone's mind yeah um but and what it means to potential recruits uh that florida state's in on there you go that's what matters um yeah so news broke this afternoon or right around noon from bruce feldman's twitter account that oregon is interested in fsu oc kenny dillingham to join Dan Lanning's staff as Dan Lanning was just officially hired over the weekend. Um, as I don't do, I, I never doubt a Bruce Feldman report. I look into a Bruce Feldman report. <laughs> so um, there's a couple things that I can confirm. One is that Kenny Dillingham is and has been on campus all weekend. Um, he's, he's hosting official visitors. Um, we spotted him outside of the Moore facility just this afternoon with Oregon wide receiver transfer Micah Pittman. Um, just a lot of a lot of coincidences going on. But that being said, I do think there are is some truth or some legs to this report. Um, if you notice, Bruce Feldman said that Oregon is interested in Kenny Dillingham. He did not say that Oregon has offered. He did not say that Kenny Dillingham is headed to Oregon. So um, Bruce, very wise with his words there. And I've looked into it. I can I can at least confirm that as of 24 hours ago, Kenny Dillingham did not have a, an offer from Oregon. And I think that if he did, uh, Feldman would have reported that. So I think we're still in the early stages, but these things move quickly. And I think that we'll have some sort of finality on this one way or another in the next 24 hours. I don't think that this is going to be something that hangs over our heads through the new signing day. Uh, Lanning needs to get a staff put together. Him and Kenny, you know, I, I say that Dillingham's on campus and has been on campus. But he doesn't need an interview for this job. Not, a, not Probably not even interview, let alone in person. Um, Lanning was at Dillingham's wedding a couple years ago. I know that the two are close. They have a good relationship. They've worked together before. Kenny Dillingham, there's no reason why Kenny Dillingham needs a formal in-person interview to be offered and accept this job. So uh, I'll keep watching it. But as of now, Feldman hasn't reported it's a done deal. I haven't been told it's a done deal. Uh, but I do expect some finality soon. Um, we talked about this on the spaces before you answer it again. What do you like about the space doing the FSU spaces? What do you not like? Like what tell me your thoughts on that? Yeah. I don't uh, want to just talk. All, I, I don't want to talk. <laughs> I don't want this to just be half an hour. We talk about everything I just talked about for an hour with you. Right. So. No, that's interesting because you dragged me into the spaces. Of course I knew what they were because I had been, like I got an invite to that clubhouse app. I never used it really. I, I, I tuned into it a few times, but then is that basically never what spaces got were? into it? So 
that's essentially what it was. Then you got me in there and I think I like it at this point in time because I can get in there. This is just such an exciting time and things change so often. Like those spaces were kind of the voice of what's happening right now. There's other sites reporting on it. There's other people talking about it, but like, if it's not coming from that space, then it's, you know, that's kind of, we're kind of leading the way on this along with the reporting that we're doing on Knowles 24 seven. But I think, I think it just kind of wraps everything up. And when it's real time, we can hop on and talk about things as they happen. We can invite other people in. Um, It's clean. You know, we have you producing it. So it's like, we don't have a bunch of people on there talking nonsense. It's not like you and I, (laughs) you and I have kind of figured it out a little bit, like who to bring on yeah, and who people want to hear from and who they don't want to hear from and what works on that and what doesn't. We're kind of like starting to figure it out a little bit. And it's, uh, it's, it's another platform. Like, why not? Yeah. It, it, It is cool. Like we grabbed Gabby the other day to talk about, you know, whatever, I don't know, but grab Gabby. We've had knee or not knee, uh, Sinone, shout out Zach. Who's on them a ton. Dylan Gibbons um, hopped in for a little bit. Gibbons dude. The best thing to me is like when the most random people ever, like, uh, like Matt Gates, I don't want to <laughs> like cancel us for this, but like Matt Gates has been in several of them that, um, I don't even know his name, but his last name is like Sippy Toss or whatever. It's like, he's the number, number three, like tennis player in the world. Like he was in for like 45 minutes the other day. And I'm just like, you know what is going on there's some yeah because so for me i so when you're jumping the spaces so for me i can only see the people that rise to the top are the ones that i follow or if a if a blue check mark comes in yeah so not i don't follow many people so i can't i don't really know who's in there that i know but when the blue check marks rise to the top there's some like really oddball not oddballs, but like There'll be like women CEOs of like different companies. And it's like, are they just like stumbled upon this? Are they yeah. FSU fans? Like you wonder, right? You wonder like why they're there. Not the Spanx lady for those uh, asking. She has not jumped in just yet. So unfortunately. What do you think about them, Richie? Do you like them? Is a, like, what do you think about consuming them? So I, I really enjoy them. Um, I typically, so I, I get up early every day. I'm usually take my lunch right around 11, which is the time you guys were using for the first few days. And it's just nice because I can be at work. I love how Twitter, you can close the app and still listen and not have to worry about all of that stuff. I hate because I get a a boatload of spam calls. And every time I get a phone call, I get kicked out and it takes me a while (laughs) to get back in. But no, as a, as a fan consumer, like I, I love them. I think it's a lot of fun. I love seeing, like TJ said, who's in there. It's, it's such a, a wide variety of people coming in here. Um, you know, a lot of hate listens going on in those spaces and it, yeah, it, it's a blast. And I love just bringing the community together. Cause it, it's like when yeah. you, you guys did the call-in shows on the big three roll-up, it's always tough because mm-hmm. you have to DM a phone number, et cetera, et cetera. On Twitter, you can just request to speak and then you're, you're talking to, to you and TJ. So I think it's been great. Yeah. And as long as like TJ knows how to cut it down. So the, the people don't ramble on or get annoying or he knows yeah. when to mute them and kick them out if they're not contributing. Um, it's, it's. It's been fun. I think uh, today, yeah. So I'll TJ will be texting me during it about like who's in there randomly, and then like I also get texts from like Zach texts me that Jaron Willis, you know, the FSU recruit, was in there today. <laughs> so I'm he was in today. These, he was in there it. today. So I'm like getting <laughs> these funny. texts. Did you give an update on him while he was in there? No, uh, no. The CEO twenty four seven was in there. The new no. CEO twenty four seven was in oh. our in our space the other day. So like I can see that because I follow him. So it's just it's. <laughs> it's, it's funny man 
<laughs> they are fun. I do like that too. They are really, really clean. Um, yeah. Because I don't know, we've been doing this for a while, and Josh and I know how to kind of go back and forth. But then also, just you know, you you, you do this enough, like you you kind of learn. All right, that's enough of this guy. Yeah, talking. one of the surprising <laughs> things though was like we would let on Dan Thompson or some of these guys, and I'm all for it. But like for some reason, it just didn't go with the show. Like on yeah. Same Energy Sunday, you could have the opposing fans on and let them get their take off. But I don't know why, but it just felt like it just it wasn't the place for that. So we've kind of gone away from like allowing the. They're not. Fans. You think it'd be called Twitter safe spaces because Florida State fans do not <laughs> like when others invade that space at all. Yeah, the people there. I mean, there are the the diversity of people in there is incredible. Like Josh and I both talked about, like we both picked up like a ton of new followers and stuff, and maybe that's not so surprising for me, but like. For Josh, like, what were you doing being an FSU fan and not following him yet? Like, how has he picked up a thousand? Like, I I feel it's great. I picked up like twelve hundred followers in a week, right? But like, who were they following this? (laughs) Right, Blowstein, probably everyone. Like, they're probably all kids following Zach. But, um, but no, it just it brings a lot more people in. I mean, there are people in there that you know I look around and people that I know don't like each other and don't like me and don't like John, <laughs> well, but they don't, don't like care, me, man. They're, like, they're yeah. They're there for the content. Like there are people they're there every I went, single day. I went to click on one guy's profile the other day and it said like, this guy has you blocked. And I'm like, well, then I'm not going to add him. <laughs> like he requested to speak, but he had me blocked. And I'm like, nah, you don't get to stop. I see those people in there too. I'll, it'll just say block. Like instead of the show, they're Abby. That means you have them blocked. Yeah, that means I have them blocked. Right? <laughs> yeah, I see them. Right, but I'm saying like obviously this person knows I have them blocked. Yeah. They probably don't. Like they're probably me, so right? thankful that I'm the one hosting the space so that they can hear you. <laughs> all right, back to uh, back to uh, we probably lost all our views now, but anyway, yeah. we'll just put this on space. All right, back to oh, fine. let me answer the second part of Richie's question. Uh, what recruits would it impact if Kenny Dillingham left? I think Florida State's done a really good job of spreading the recruitments of all these commitments across the coaching staff. Like there's no, uh, if Kenny leaves, I don't think that AJ Duffy is going to have a, a a heart attack. Um, uh, Coach Norvell's done a great job recruiting him. Ryan Bartos heavily involved with him as well. Kenyatta Watson's involved there as as well. Um, But I do think a Kevin Coleman and a Javante Barnes, two guys that are uncommitted that FSU is really battling it out with some big heavy hitting programs with right now. I think Kenny is the lead recruiter, especially on Javante Barnes and, and really on Kevin Coleman as well. So I think if if Dillingham takes this job in the next before the signing day, I think it'll impact those two guys. I wouldn't expect them to come. But besides that, you hold on to what you got. I don't think there's any other FSU offensive commitment that's just going to go somewhere else because Dillingham's leaving. Um, so even though it's not an ideal time for this all to go down, it's not it's not going to make or break the class. Um, what are the chances Florida State gets to a top ten class? Does some of that have to do with uh, Dillingham? I, hey, how about the other day on Spaces where the guy's like, "I'm not really into the rankings. Um, I don't really care about rankings." But um, can we get in the top ten? <laughs> yeah, Billy Napier on the, on the show, which is my favorite, uh, my favorite uh, question. So anyway, now I'm going to do that. What are the chances we get to a top ten class here? I think the chances are. Low but doable. Like, I didn't think Florida State would be in a position right now where they're knocking on the door of a top 10 class. I kind of thought that it would be at like 14, maybe 15 right now. Knowing if you told me before the season started they had five wins, I would probably think that would be best case scenario. 
Um, I just don't think there's enough firepower left on the board that's going to go in FSU's favor for them to really get in there because there's other programs that are also going to be landing recruits. So you kind of got to factor that in. If they can pull off like a, if they can pull off Marvin Jones Jr., which I right now I'm crystal balling him to Alabama, but if they could pull that off, I feel good about Armella right now. Uh, maybe they land a couple other pieces. I don't think it's going to be enough to put them in the top 10. So but the, definitely stay in the top 15. Yeah. Yeah. So, so three names of official visitors that, that were there this week, and you, you kind of touched on them a little bit. Um, Azari Thomas, Julian Armella, and Micah Pittman, the Oregon transfer from uh, um, the receiver transfer from Oregon. What, what are the odds? I know you have uh, Armella crystal balled to us, um, but the other two, do you feel good? Is that a three for three, or, or is Florida State happy if you get two out of those three? No, I'm probably going to crystal ball Azarea Thomas to Florida State soon. I've just been slacking on that and been too, doing too many spaces. So I feel good about him. I feel real good about Julian Armella because I've, I've had that crystal ball in for about two weeks. FSU locked in the official visit before the signing day. I think it's smooth sailing with Florida State and four-star tackle Julian Armella. And then Micah Pittman is really going to come down and see what happens with Kenny Dillingham because – Dillingham has been the one that has gone to Eugene, Oregon those two times. Mike Norvell has not been out there yet. <clears throat> not to say Mike Norvell doesn't want him. I don't think FSU would be recruiting Micah Pittman if, if uh, Norvell didn't want him. So that being said, I just don't know if what's going to happen with Pittman's recruitment because he's not shutting it down. This wasn't his final visit. He, he's expected to probably go to Texas A&M before he makes a decision in early January. And he's also been to Arizona state. Um, those that I talked to around his recruitment kind of tell me that he doesn't really have an idea. Like he's not in decision-making mode yet. Like those, those people that know him think that he's kind of still looking to take some visits, see what's out there. So we'll see what happens with Micah Pittman. Once we find out what happens with Kenny Dillingham, I think we kind of got to see how that tra situation transpires. It seems like every time Florida State doesn't get a recruit, we want to blame, you know, which obviously whichever coach um, that guy's skill position or that guy's position was. Uh, Kamari Wilson just posted a graphic with his final five and his recruitment announcement and stuff. And there are more Gator emojis in his um, in his mentions than there are kebabs. So is it on the fans if you don't get <laughs> Kamari Wilson? I mean, no, I, I don't think Kamari Wilson's coming to Tallahassee. Haven't really considered him a legitimate recruit for a while we've continued to recruit uh report on his recruitment in terms of fsu doing in-home visits with him which is expected they're going to finish out his recruitment but when it comes to guys like that we're tracking on Knowles 24 7 i don't think kamari wilson is really somebody that like we're, we're trying to get a gauge on we don't think he's coming to fsu do you have a gut on uh he was in gainesville do you have a feel on if he might flip from Georgia, or do you expect UGA? Is Kamari committed to Georgia? Am I wrong on that? Let's see. I don't know. Maybe I'm Kamari. So on that note, Josh, are you saying we should not tag and DM recruits and tell them to come to our school that we love? Here, let me break it down for you. <laughs> Georgia is in the driver's seat. Kamari Wilson is not committed anywhere yet. He's making his decision on December 15th. You're right. Um, He's a five-star. He's the number two safety in the country. He's at IMG Academy. He's taken official visits to UGA, Texas A&M, Florida, Florida State, and LSU. Um, I, I fully expect him to end up at Georgia. 
There's eight crystal ball predictions on his page. Currently, all eight are in favor of the Bulldogs, and he's going to announce that decision in three days. I like UGA as well there. I'm just hoping that uh, – I'm interested to see um, if anybody else dips out of that Gainesville class yet with, with three days to go. Um, Richie, what do you got? Your internet okay yeah. over there? Yeah, it, it, we're back. It's oh man, what are we doing? AT and T, come on! But Josh, I I wanted to ask you. Obviously, uh, we're talking a lot of recruiting. Uh, one thing a lot of recruits are looking at is uh, name, image, and likeness. Right, that, that's a big deal now. We just saw Texas offering fifty grand to any offensive lineman that goes there. Uh, what can you tell us about the rising sphere and and what that means for the players? Obviously, a, a pretty heavy hitting advisory board that spoke to a lot of recruits uh, before the Miami game. But what what doors does this open up for Florida State student athletes? Yeah, this is definitely something that Florida State needed to get going. As you can see, they're kind of falling behind um, when it came to NIL. So this was a good announcement. And I, Florida State's been incorporating NIL into their recruiting spiels, really even before NIL was a thing. They already had that deal with Apex, Apex signed yeah. as we were heading into the NIL stuff. And I know for a fact, you know, NIL is a part of the recruiting visits. There's a presentation. Um the nil is a factor in recruiting now that's undeniable it's a factor just like the depth chart is who the coaches are it's 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 gonna become an even bigger factor i don't ever think that nil is gonna be like the end-all be-all i always think that there's gonna be a couple things that kids weigh when they're making their decisions but as teams get more organized and as things become more normalized within the nil deal industry um, yeah, I think we're going to only continue to hear more about it. So this was definitely something that Florida State had to get going. I mean, we, whenever we talk about money situations with Florida State, it always seems like they're behind. So at least getting the ball rolling, getting organized is a big step in the right direction for FSU because they're they're like you said, Texas has some stuff, some big time stuff going on. And Florida State's going to have to up the ante if they're going to want to compete with those programs. So, so I have one last thing for you, then I'll go back to TJ. But is is knee as upset as I am uh, at that result today uh, in South Carolina with Florida State dropping one to the Gamecocks? Oh, he! I think he's been he's completely deflated. I you know I, I know for a while Chris has had the sense that this team was going to struggle. Obviously, today uh, seems like you know one of those bottom of the barrel moments for the season. Um, but yeah, knees, uh, he's fully just deflated by this, by the start. He, he, I, I think he's still, it. well, maybe before this game, I asked him, I said, you know, what's going on? And he st- still had some hope that like they could come out I of the break do. and play yeah. better, but they were up like 16 today. Like if yeah. I thought that today yeah, was the day, they were. turn yeah. it off it was, to do space. It's all over. They, they got lose. a double digit lead, uh, surrendered it, went down, damn near came back to win it. Malik Osborne. I hate that he's the one that missed the, what would have been the game winner because 15 points, nine rebounds. He got no help today and unfortunate for him. But TJ, I'll go back to you. Richie's our knee. <laughs> Rich, Richie's definitely our knee. When, you it know, hurts his soul the, when they lose. Oh, it man. does. Somebody tweeted something like, um, you know, would you rather beat UF in basketball or Miami in football? Richie and me are the only two people in FSU Twitter that <laughs> voted for, you know, and fortunately they obviously God wanted football. Yeah, to win, so no, we beat Miami. Oh yeah. yeah. I thought you meant UF in football See, or basketball. You don't even know football. Like you, you don't even watch the show. 
All right, Josh, uh, I think everybody knows this, but where can people find your work? Tell us about like the deal. You know, prior to this week, not a lot of people knew. (laughs) Where can they uh, find your spaces? Where can they, uh, what kind of deals going on at Knowles 247 right now? Yeah, we actually have a 50% off deal going on right now at Knowles 247, but also you can follow me on Twitter at Josh Newberg 247 and um, any other platform. I'm I'm out there. I'm somewhere at all times. (laughs) Josh, thanks for hanging out. We appreciate it. I'm sure I'll see you tomorrow on Space. See you guys. Oh yeah, fire up them space. (laughs) Thanks, Josh. Josh Newberg of Knowles 247. Um, Man, I feel like we haven't even chatted today, Richie, because (laughs) we got right into it with Alford and then Newberg on, and now it's almost time to go. But um, I think good news. I think positive. I think we want to keep Dillingham to keep a couple of pieces, but at the end of the day, things are looking up with recruiting. Josh and I talked about this too. There may not be a ton of fireworks on signing day, um, but if, you know, McCall and Hunter weren't committed and they committed on signing day, we'd think it was the greatest day ever. So you got to remember what you have. There's no reward for signing guys late. Still, yeah, this is the 15. This ain't the mid 2000s when, uh, you know, signing day was your class literally came down to that first Wednesday in February. Uh, Because I remember watching those in high school, like even my high school football coach, I had a couple of his classes and we just put ESPN on and just watch it all day on TV. So, it's not like that now, but like you said, if, if we didn't have Travis Hunter, Sam McCall, uh, Julian Armella, if the, none of those guys were committed and then you close them on signing day, you're like, well, holy crap, that's a great class. So, yeah, it's yeah. coming off a five and seven record. I think Florida State fans have a lot to be optimistic about with the class we're most likely to sign. Yeah. Um, okay. I don't have much else football. Um, do you have anything you want to get into or you want to keep rolling here? The only thing I yeah, have. We keep, we keep rolling. I think we're. Yeah, we uh um, it all there. Well, we got Randy Shannon uh promoted to linebacker coach Chris Marv. Obviously, uh, it's the defensive coordinator job at Virginia Tech. Um, I like the move. You know, he's someone again, you're you're keeping some consistency with the staff, which is important. You know, we just talked about Dillingham and how we'd like to keep him. Uh, but Randy Shannon, the guy that really we saw the linebackers take some steps forward, especially Kalen Deloach this year. And I, I think Shannon played a role. Marv definitely played a role as well, but you got a former defense coordinator and head coach of both rivals sitting in as an analyst and you can promote him to sure. linebacker coach. I'm okay with it. I think they could have gone and done an actual search, but it, I think it was more seamless and it, I, hopefully it works out. Yeah. I don't know how much better they could have done at linebackers coach. And I, I don't know that they could have gotten somebody with that much experience or the relationship. So it's hard now, obviously without knowing what that search would have looked like, it's, yeah. it's very difficult to just pick a name out of the air and say, oh, this guy could have been our guy. So, I don't know. There's some clamoring around Ernie Sims and stuff like that, but I don't know what the real realisticness or yeah, how realistic. She should learn how to talk. I'm drenched in sweat. I feel like crap right now. I'm wearing a hat because, like, I've got the flu. Like, you could see it. It's I'm, I'm struggling with the flu over here, but uh, I showed up for you guys. Uh, if we didn't have Alfred and Newberg, I wasn't coming. <laughs> I was going to say, just find somebody else to do the show. Do it with Harlan. It would have been me and Harlan, yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, shout out to A lot Sox. of baseball and basketball. <laughs> that had been brutal. Yeah, um, 12 listeners. Shout out to um, soccer for winning a national championship. We talked about that yes. with Alfred. Definitely stressful there toward the end. Um, but, man, that was uh, that was exciting. Did you, you watched it, right? You stayed up for that? No, 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 you're a terrible. I'm not gonna lie to you out here. You should just lied. 
Um, so shout out to soccer. That was exciting. Congrats on another national championship at Florida State. Um, Rising Spear. Oh, I think we got it all. Shout outs before we yeah. get out of here. Um, yeah, shout out my sister. Had her second baby last Monday morning. Let's go. Um, Congrats. Yeah, so welcome uh, Olivia Milton to the world. And, uh, you know, I think she's she wants to be done. My brother-in-law really wants a son, so I'll let them deal with that battle. But, yeah, shout out my sister Crystal uh, having her second baby. And my mom, she'll be up in South Carolina with them for probably the next two months. Now that she's retired, she can just do that, pick up and leave for a few months. Awesome. Uh, congrats to her. Um, I'll shout out the FSU spaces that Josh and I continue to seem to be doing every day. Um, you should go to my Twitter, TJ underscore Pittenger, yep. and we post them all there. So um, check those out. Uh, appreciate Michael Alford, FSU's new AD, coming on and hanging out with us today. Also, Josh Newberg. Um, interview heavy today but i thought it was fun uh we'll get out of here just in time for richie to get to this bucks game get to see this bucks game um shout out harlan for all that you do and the guys working behind the scenes uh, until next time we will see you guys uh probably no pop-ups we'll see how wednesday goes but uh yeah. we'll see you guys on sunday until then go knows